This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. It's time for summer driving, and the conversation uh, begins with Mike Woodcock from the Wallace Driving School. Mike's on the line from Victoria. Thanks for joining us, Mike. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Just before we cut to the nuts and bolts of all the driving stuff, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Mike. I know you uh, have worked with the government of British Columbia, from which you've retired. What did you do with uh, with the province? I was an executive director with uh, Ministry of Social Development and Poverty Reduction. That was my last role. But, you know, over the years, lots of work in training, internal and external training, and uh, work with both uh, provincial and federal government. And when did you uh, connect up with Steve Wallace and his school and become uh, uh, an instructor? Yeah, I've been doing this for uh, on the side a bit for about uh, seven years now. So uh, quite a long time. Yeah, it's been it's been great, and it's a great little company, great organization. Tell what is it? What I suppose that the satisfaction uh, there must be several points from which an individual can derive satisfaction from doing that work, Mike. But I would assume watching your 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 pupils, for lack of a better word, uh, pass the test would be kind of a, a buzz every time it happens. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, the, the test is, of course, a, a critical piece and, and great feedback that they do pass the test. Uh, I mean, we, we really pride ourselves at Wallace on going a lot further than that, though, and just, you know, not just we're not just a driving school around passing the test. We're all about trying to help people uh, really, really drive well, drive safely, drive non-distracted, all about... Uh, helping people get their license and, you know, helping seniors keep their license. Absolutely. And I'm glad that you pointed that out because there are driving schools. And one of the knock on some of the driving schools, Mike, it's pretty simple. They All they teach you to do is how to take the test. And there's not, a, I mean, you, you have to learn a certain basics or certain fundamentals, of course, but it's not learning to drive. It's learning how to pass the driving test. And so you, you, you don't have a lot, lot more information other than getting through the test logistics. And then you're on your own. That's right. Yeah, yeah. We really, we do try the whole picture. For example, good, a good point is, even, you know, for the, the end test, um, I mean, they don't even include uh, highway on the initial test. But of course, we... We take our students on a highly significant amount and get them really ready for that because that's just uh, not responsible to give someone a license without really ever having to go on the highway. Okay, I want to ask you a question. This this has uh, come up recently. Uh, suppose now we've got some relatives coming in from out of town. We live up uh, up island or uh, the Parksville Qualicum area, where a lot of uh, grandmas and grandpas live. And suppose we're bringing out the grandkids from Saskatchewan this summer. We're going to help them fly out here. We're going to show them a good time on the island. And you know they're young uh, teenagers, but they've all got their licenses. And you know we may even lend them the car if they want to borrow it to buzz around town. What uh, what are the pitfalls of that in terms of uh, the the people who own the car uh, and being able to say to the young uh, uh, grandkids, well, here are the keys. Knock yourselves out. Yeah, I think I think you you definitely want to be comfortable and had check them out yourself as far as taking a spin with them and see how they uh, do perform in different conditions, like just you know the suburban, the mm-hmm. downtown, the highway. Get a feel for how they're doing. Make sure you're comfortable with their, you know, the classic sort of speed control, steering control, right. observation skills. Basically, you know. can the kid drive? Yeah, can they drive? And, and it's not just the physical thing. Are they engaged? Are they watching? Are they attentive? Are they non-distracted? 
And there's another small matter. Well, maybe not a small matter if there's an accident, Mike, and that's the whole matter of the insurance. Because if you're a senior or in leaning in that direction and you don't have young people in your life, then chances are your car insurance is not going to cover uh, a person with less than 10 years of driving experience. So you can't just say, here are the keys, way you go, can you? No, that's right. You have to check it out with your insurance and make sure you're covered there. And in fact, uh, I, I saw some, there's some recent uh, information coming out uh, when we renew next time our license. There's going to be some questions around that. You have to name uh, the drivers of your vehicle and, and, and your insurance rates will be based upon, you know, the key drivers, that sort of thing. So we have to be uh, a more... Uh, you know, disclosive about that sort of information. Interesting stuff. Now, I'm looking at the uh, WallaceDrivingSchool.com website, Mike, as we was talking, and and some of the things that are taught because your your uh, company clearly is a lot more than just learning how to pass the driving test. You actually learn to drive at the Wallace Driving School, and and you you list a whole bunch of things that people need to be mindful of. And there's something called space cushion driving. What's that? Yeah, we, we um, well, you, you see it too, Sterling, but, you know, it, it's just the reality that a good percentage of the population doesn't really leave enough room around themselves, especially following distances. You know, we, we, people tend to, a lot of people tend to follow too closely. If you've ever been in a convoy coming from the ferry, you, you're pretty up on that. But Oh, sure. So it's certainly that, you know, you want at least three seconds plus probably more, depending upon conditions. And uh, you're following distance. So when the car goes by a fixed object ahead of you, you're counting that, and you shouldn't be arriving to that fixed point till then. But as well, uh, we always talk about uh, making sure you have good escape routes. So if something goes kind of south on you, you know, the car ahead of you slaps on the brakes, a deer jumps out, something like that, you've got an opportunity like an escape route. So we, we really encourage people to, you know, travel in the right lane or the center lane because those ones if on a three-lane offer you more opportunities to actually escape because really all you have at your, but your disposal is like slowing and steering your way out of trouble. That's, That's right. all you got. And, and in many cases, I remember my dad taught me to drive and I can remember one thing he taught me was, and was that, that, that whole kind of trap door. He called it the trap door, the escape route. In other words, yeah. in, in some driving situations, Mike, slamming on your brakes is not a smart move. Driving around something is much smarter. Yeah, that, that's true. Uh, I mean, uh, um, the nice, the, the beauty of nowadays modern cars is at least anti-lock brakes mm-hmm. that kind of allows you to do a bit of both so when you hit the brakes and with anti-lock brakes the car you know purposely the computer does not lock the brakes so you can both steer and s- slow your way around right. obstacles so it's a it's a real benefit so we we actually in our school too we practice that so that you know the first time someone slams on the brakes isn't when something actually happens yeah exactly so uh in terms of practice time now this is we're talking about beginner drivers here for a couple more minutes and then we'll talk about family trips the road trips with kids and all of that stuff and i'm sure you've done a couple of those in your time too yeah, sure. uh, but let's talk uh, uh, about the initial driver and, and the whole graduated licensing program that we have in british columbia you were here and, and so was i before it was introduced how has it been uh, since its introduction and evolutions uh, over the years, Mike? Has it been a benefit for BC drivers? Yes, it's been a, it's been a significant benefit, and certainly ICBC does have the the kind of metrics and uh, 
statistics around that. So we, it's estimated there's a 9 to 13% reduction in crash rates for that uh, target audience of like 16 to 25-year-olds. So that is pretty huge. And then as well, as we, as we mentioned earlier, Shirley, there's also a 19% increase in the likelihood of actually passing the driving test mm-hmm. if you've gone through the GLP. So we're, uh, we're big fans of it. We, we like the, you know, anything can, things can always be improved and tweaked a bit, but we're quite keen on it. And uh, we really believe in, in the whole package because it does combine if you do the whole piece, you know, the whole classroom and uh, in the car training. Indeed. And if you do the entire program and pass, of course, does that reduce your premiums at all? No, it doesn't. And that's that's one of the recommendations that uh, Steve uh, Wallace makes to government whenever he gets an opportunity, because it does in some other jurisdictions for sure. And, and that makes it, uh, you know, that really incentivizes it a lot more than it is right now. Because really, while it's a great program, it is not... Uh, it's not the the whole uh, you know the full package is not uh, over you know subscribed as much as it should be. Interesting stuff. Talk to us a little bit now. We're talking. We've been talking so far about mostly younger drivers, but there's a whole other category of drivers. We talked about uh, the grandparents wanting to uh, be nice to their grandkids and lend them the car when they come for a summer visit, which may or may not uh, uh, jive with their insurance coverage. That's all you have to do is check: A, can the kid drive, and if so, is your car covered for that young person driving it? And if the answer is yes on both, off they go. But then there's a little matter of seniors as drivers too. Mike, and uh, we don't have any specific legislation that I'm aware of requiring more frequent testing, or do we? Yeah, well, we've got uh, a recent program that's emerged in the last year or so. It's called uh, Enhanced Road Assessment, where uh, as seniors approach their 80th year, or uh, some other trigger happens, a minor accident or something like that, or right. maybe maybe uh, a health condition, things like that. They 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 will get a letter from uh, the superintendent of, of motor vehicles, uh, I believe it is uh, Road Safety BC, mm-hmm. saying that they uh, you know there's a good chance that they should uh, uh, they they have to get some medicals, but they'll also have good chance they might also have to go for uh, a road test designed specifically for seniors. So the the you know and you know there's a there's there's good opportunities around that we encourage folks to certainly you know it's a good time maybe to uh, before you go see your doctor go and go to a driving school get an assessment done so you're kind of kind of armed you come in and you got a realistic assessment of how you do in yourself right oh I see so when you get your medical upgrade you've already had a, a go around with a driving instructor and either uh, can say to the doc look I, I just uh, yeah. did the whole refresher thing and I, I passed with flying colors or apparently I need a little work yeah, that's right. I mean, and you can have a letter from us if, you know, if, if indeed you are, if you are get a clean, uh, a, you know, you did really well or did fine, we, we, would, we would write you a letter to that effect. And then you could uh, go into the doctor because the doctor's not an expert on driving. Sure. Means, and it could really help them. I want to, want to talk to you as well, Mike, about the, this whole business, this Uber and Lyft, this uh, stuff is coming to Vancouver in one form or another. And it sounds like, again, the only city in North America that's going to have this particular approach. Nonetheless, they're going to require a specific class 
of driver's license, the class that taxi drivers now have to have, will also have to be the class that you have if you want to be even a part-time Uber driver. So what's the difference in testing and knowledge between the two class levels, Mike? Yeah, so uh, the the class five one, which did just the normal driving one, which, you know, the food delivery people have and things like that, that's, uh, that's um, yeah, it, it's less stringent. The class four, and it's called a restricted class four, it's okay. the taxi license, as you mentioned, it, it, um, it uh, has a prerequisite of you have to have at least two years driving experience, but, and not as a learner, but, you know, two years uh, as an adult. Right. Sort of thing. And uh, and they also look at make sure that you have uh, fewer than four offenses, you know, where you would have gotten points, say, over the previous three years. So, so obviously you have to have a fairly clean record. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally, it's not really an expensive proposition, you know. To maybe uh, you have to get uh, there's licensing fees and yeah, you have to get a medical and things like that. But you're probably in there for uh, less than five hundred bucks. I mean, you already have the car, right? Right. Sure. Um, so so you know. Our, our 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 position is we really uh, we sort of we we support it significantly. We think uh, it kind of you know that that the, the the British Columbia government made a good decision on going that route. It uh, I mean you are you are driving people. It's not delivering food. It's a, a higher standard. Um, you know, we really, uh, and, and, it's, and it's a commercial license. So it um, just uh, seems like the appropriate level that already exists, and, uh, and it's relatively still easy, easy to entry. Mike, do bus drivers have the same uh, requirements for categories of class licenses? They generally have uh, an unrestricted class four, which is a higher level. Interesting. You know, so it's a bit, it's quite a bit more significant to have to be able to do things. Uh, the nice thing about also that uh, the restricted class for the one we're talking about is that it does require that uh, the you know the person does can do a pre-check on the vehicle and a basic mechanical inspection of the car pre-trip you know pre-trip inspection that sort of thing so a bit more than uh, what we're looking at certainly uh probably a bit more medical standards. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer this beautiful Saturday afternoon. The big fireworks show tonight at 10 o'clock with Croatia finishing off the Honda Celebration of Light 2019 edition. Just a few folks heading downtown for that one. Our guest on the line is Mike Woodcock from the Wallace Driving School. Mike's in Victoria this afternoon and we have quite a few callers lined up to join the conversation here, Mike. And we'll start uh, with Leslie in Burnaby. Leslie, thanks for waiting. We appreciate that. Good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon, dear. Uh, Mike, I'm a, a senior. I've been driving for 57 years, so I started a long time ago. And what I'm seeing in my neighborhood, I have uh, driving schools going around. They have an Asian name on them. And I am seeing them, not only me, but my neighbors also. In particular, this one car came, and I'm right at the corner by the stop sign. He tried to get the person, the young student, to do a U-turn right in front of my house about 12 to 15 feet away from the stop sign. The person couldn't do it, and why he's teaching her that, I have no idea. And then he made her go about another 20 feet and try to do it again, and now she's right at my back, uh, my driveway and my neighbor's driveway, and right next to that, uh, about maybe seven feet, is the back lane. Now, would you not use the back lane to make a, a turn? Instead of trying to do this, and another car came along, and he was blocked. He couldn't go anywhere. Hmm. So, and I'm seeing a lot of this. 
because I have a lot of these. Uh, uh, I'll just say... Uh, well, okay, first of all, I, and I appreciate the call, Leslie. And Mike, uh, uh, you can understand why Leslie would be frustrated as a resident watching people make mistakes in front of her property and blocking the road. But as a driving instructor, I'm sure that's part of the deal, making mistakes, isn't it? Well, Leslie's got a really good point. I mean, I don't think uh, if the person's that close to the intersection, they should be practicing. You know, we don't want to teach things that aren't appropriate well, part of doing a u-turn right. or say a three-point turn is doing it in the appropriate spot so right you always want to keep yourself safe so it should be at least a case of a three-point turn a mid block and you know you should, you should be very it should be a straight road no hills no corners so you're very and a quiet area so that sounds like it fits leslie's area that's sure. maybe why they're there but uh, she's got a great point and certainly uh yeah u-turns uh sounds pretty sketchy if there isn't the room there really you know and then they're actually blocking people because we don't certainly want to uh alienate the public and hold people up while we're giving lessons we really try to you know do these in in quieter areas where there's not likelihood of holding anybody up right gotcha nick uh in nanaimo hello oh hey guys hey mike um i got an idea um within british columbia um, with my corporation that I work with, uh, I am trained maybe an hour a year, hour and a half a year of the uh, safe driving. Okay, so every year over the last 13, 14 years, it, they drill it into you. And my driving skills today compared to 13 years ago are a heck of a lot better. Okay, um, I'm just wondering, why wouldn't ICBC look at uh, maybe an, an additional 5% discount for people that constantly get training, uh, and I, I believe, in my true opinion, that uh, it would help everybody in BC. It would lower our rates. It would make everybody a lot more. We'd save lives. Number one, we'd absolutely save lives um, with more training because all these mistakes that I see, um, it's all training. That's, that's right, down, right down to the roots. That's the problem. Nick, good call. Thank you. Mike? Yeah, that's a really good, that's a great, uh, great suggestion, uh, Nick. I really like that idea. I mean, some people do this themselves, especially some seniors do come in once a year, and like you, they get about an hour and a half training, which is a lesson. It goes a long ways. Um, we, I mean, we all get a little bit sloppy. It brings us back into check a little bit, got an objective opinion of how we're doing, and I totally like the idea of, uh, yeah, some sort of discount. I mean, we always have to incentivize things to make it, make us want to do things, and I think, I think that would be a great policy, and I hope uh, ICBC is listening, and they'll put that on their list. I'm quoting from the uh, Mike Wallace, I'm sorry, Mike Wallace, Wallace Driving School, Mike, uh, the, the website again. Because the BC driver's test is arguably the most difficult and comprehensive test of its kind in North America, you'll need the best driver training possible to help you pass. Is it really that most, uh, most difficult and comprehensive test of its kind? Yes, it's it's quite a, it's quite a solid test. Very rigorous. Uh, they keep it up to date. Uh, no, it, it's significant. Uh, it um, the the whole graduate license program is uh, is pretty rigorous. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a serious test. I mean, uh, not to belittle some other jurisdictions, but they really do have it wrong in some cases in in in, in North North America, other other provinces and states. But these species is pretty solid. Yeah, mm-hmm. very difficult. Yeah, I, I've heard that from from other quarters and other driving instructors in other jurisdictions. Well, it's not as tough as. BC, they say, but yeah. so uh, we do have a bit of a reputation that way. 
Yeah, we do. It's a, it's a it's a great program, and uh, you know, a, a t- difficult test, very professional testers. You know, it's very objective, and uh, they do a great job. So, uh, those of us who are driving around and get cut off by some Yahoo, and and your first reaction uh, is, where did you get your license, you moron? I mean, uh, do we say this all the time? It's it's a reflex, right? And and they obviously took the same test I did at one point, didn't they? They did. <laughs> but as you say, we can get sloppy. That's right. All right. John on the phones in Vancouver. Good afternoon. Hello, John. Oh, yes. There you uh, are, sir. <laughs> well, I belonged to a flying club uh, years ago where we took a check ride for an hour every uh, three months, and it kept our insurance down. Interesting. Oh, yeah. It, it, it was great. So you're following up on that other caller who's suggesting the more testing that we have, uh, John, the better off we're going to be, and the more correspondingly our insurance rate should come off a little bit, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Oh, yeah, it was great. We kept our, uh, uh, we're able to keep our hourly rate down, uh, even though the insurance decided to rear its ugly little head a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Every three months. Right. If you flew 30 hours, if you flew one hour, it didn't matter. Interesting stuff. Mike, John makes a very good point. He used to be a, a member of a flying club. And if you have a pilot's license, the, uh, the requisites to hang on to your license are more stringent than a driver's license. Do you agree with John and, and other callers who are suggesting that uh, even though we have the most difficult and comprehensive test of its kind is our driving test here in BC, uh, some kind of regular program of retesting, which would allow those who are successful to apply for a reduction in insurance rate. So everybody wins. Yeah, certainly support things like that. I mean, uh, of course, retesting and things like that, that that's going to be, uh, you know, significant costs and things like that. I think, I think, you know, the way to think about this a little bit, and John's got a great point, is, is maybe, maybe we could tie it into some of the telematics stuff that's out there now, where literally, you know, they put a device in your car and it, it says how you're driving and it says if you're speeding or swerving or taking corners too sharp or even listening to the phone. So, Stuff like that, I mean, it's not too far out there, I think, where perhaps that could be the case, where you could be monitored, uh, you know, the da- they could look at the data occasionally and see how you're doing. It's interesting. We, we, did, you appropriately. we did a story about telematics uh, last hour, because ICBC's got this new program called Tech Pilot, and you're, I'm sure, aware of it. They want 7,000 young drivers with less than four years of experience, Mike, to sign up for this program. They get a little Fitbit-type tag that they carry with them that, that communicates with an app on their phone. And you're right, the telematics, this is an experiment by ICBC to uh, understand more how they can use telematics for drivers. But you're right, with this little tag, these young people, are they'll be able to be uh, analyzed for speeding, uh, braking patterns, even distracted driving. So this is the way of the future by the sounds of things. Yeah, I think it's there. Certainly, uh, you know, other jurisdictions have used telematics quite a bit. You guys probably talked about that. But yeah, it, it, it's, it's there. So, you know, I guess we all, we're always looking for ways to... Uh, 
be cost-effective and non-intrusive, but, but find ways to see how people are driving to keep us all safer. Interesting. And if you know a young person who might be interested in joining up with the program, this, this, they don't get paid for it, but you can get restaurant gift certificates and stuff, stuff like that by way of a thank you for being involved. But it could be kind of fun, too, just learning about how the whole telematics things work. Mike, I wanted to draw upon your many years of experience as a, as a driving instructor to talk to us a little bit about long distance driving. It's summertime and uh, it's the time of year when we we uh, we pack up the car and maybe go for a camping trip or go visit the relatives in Saskatchewan or any. I mean, Canada is a big country with very few people. We're very accustomed to driving long, long distances. Europeans look at us like we are just from another planet. They just don't get it. But, you know, it takes 12 hours to drive to Calgary. So that's what you do. Yeah, no, that's 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 a that's a great uh, yeah. So so I think it's there. It's just um, I mean we're we're going for a long drive, so we really have to monitor ourselves. You know, like uh, we we know that sort of distracted driving is kind of the public enemy number one, sure. and, and it should be, and certainly the old impaired driving, all that sort of things. But go watch out for the drowsy driving. You know, if you're going for a long haul there, you you could be. You know, watch you don't nod off or just not attentive enough. Starting to so take breaks. Uh, you know, get get yourself a you know a coffee. Share the roads that other people drive. That sort of thing. So don't just burn yourself out because uh, you know long distance driving. And plus, when you and see you're driving in in areas where you're not that familiar, they're they're taxing on you as well. So you're going to be. Uh, you're going to be getting more tired as you go. You're going to be uh, also, you know, you're looking at the sights a little bit yourself. Sure. So lots of lots of distractions there. I, I think too, you know, it's just, you know, the old story: enjoy the ride. Not it's not just about the destination. So take your time, take some breaks, see stuff, right? And uh, but uh, be be aware. And uh, when you're driving, also in other places, you know, it's it's important to understand that there's there's sometimes different approaches so just be aware you're in a different environment you may come across uh different uh signs and uh different instructions different kinds of approaches to things maybe more uh uh more traffic circles different things like that four-way stops that we're not maybe as, as much used of um and then just uh you know the whole thing about of course be attentive like it's that old story about uh the big accidents happen when two distracted drivers meet. Right? Oh, that's true. Yeah, and then um, be a, be a role model. I mean, uh, professional. You're you're driving the car. Maybe you're, the, you're not driving around past you know paying customers, but it's your family and people. So you're the you're the professional. You're the one in control. You're running the car. So just really watch that. And uh, just some little things too. It's really a great idea just to the good weather, the summer. You know. Keep your back windows down a little bit so you can, uh, you know, use all your senses, not just your eyes. You can hear cars coming up from behind you. You can uh, adjust a little bit that way. You can really feel a car, what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, Use your your mirrors and make sure you... uh, Use your other controls, like your speed speedometer and such like that. Yeah, they, they, they talk about white line fever uh, for, for people who drive long distances. My brother is a long-haul trucker, and he knows about this inside and out. And you're right. Changing the focus of your eyes every yeah. now and then is, is really important stuff. But you know the, the, the bit of advice I actually enjoyed the most there, Mike? 
Enjoy the ride. It's your holiday, for crying out loud. Yes, I know you got to be over to Aunt Mary's in Calgary by lunchtime tomorrow, or she'll be mad at you. But, you know, it's still your holidays. You're still enjoying the time off that you worked so hard to get. Uh, it doesn't have to be a race. It, it should be a, a bit of a cruise, in fact, shouldn't it? That's right. It, it should definitely be. I mean, it's, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, we've got these great vehicles. We've got these privileges. We've got great technology. We should, we should enjoy the enjoy the driving as well. Well, I think so. And, and of course, the safety aspect all the way through. Uh, and, you know, the sharing the load, uh, you, you mentioned, it is, is kind of important, too. Let somebody else drive or uh, pull over, go for a walk. If you have a, a small children or a pet with you, that's kind of, that kind of dictates, they'll dictate the, the, yeah. the, the rest stops. And those actually, I know they cramp your style. You need to be there in nine and a half hours, whatever. But those are really as important as the drive, aren't they? Exactly. And I think, too, you know, um, especially uh, highway driving, um, remember that, you know, merging, merge signs. I always say to my students, merging is mutual. Like, if you're the one on the highway, you have a certain responsibility to help others onto the highway as well. Right. You know, it's different. I always say the good little line is merge is mutual, yield your on your own. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.